This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you or a loved one struggling with an addiction to alcohol or drugs? You've got company because there are 24 million people in the U.S. who are addicted just like you. What you need to understand is that addiction is a disease, not a character flaw. It's a disease that may or may not kill you, but it will take everything from you and those you love. If you're like most people, you've been in denial. You think it'll just go away. Or even worse, you're embarrassed to admit that you have a problem. The Addiction Advisor Helpline is real help. Get it now before it's too late. Their advisors are there 24 hours a day. They listen, provide guidance, and most of them are former addicts themselves, so they understand what you're going through. The call is free and the service is free. Call the Addiction Advisor at 800-278-9414. That's 727 back it's Pat and Stu. Uh, yesterday, Hillary Clinton was addressing a community meeting at Christ the King United Church um, in Florissant, Missouri. And uh, and so she created kind of an uproar when she said something pretty controversial. I, don't, I frankly don't know why she's not in prison right now. Do you? I mean, what, what is the reason for this? Why has she not oh, been well, uh, at least arrested? And, I mean, and uh, awaiting trial. It's called white privilege, man. That's is that what it is? It. Yes. Uh, I, I'm sick of it, Stu. I'm sick of it. It's wrong. We can, it we can all come she together on that. She should be in prison one. today, right now. Mm-hmm. Watch what she said, and you tell me. We should start by giving all of our children the tools and opportunities mm-hmm. to overcome legacies of discrimination, to live up to their own God-given potentials. Yeah. I learned this not from politics, but from my mother, who taught me that everybody... Everybody. Everybody needs a chance Everybody and a champion. A yeah. She really knew what it was like to have neither one. Her own parents abandoned her. Mm-hmm. By 14, she was out on her own working as a housemaid. Oh, man. I'm reading Years this. later, I when I was old story. enough to understand, I asked her, what kept you going? Here's what she said. Her answer was very simple. She said, kindness along the way <laughs> oh. from someone who believed she mattered. Mm-hmm. All lives matter. Oh, you! Oh, I, I can't believe! Oh my! Oh my! I can't! I can't! What? The, how dare she? How dare you say all lives matter? No, some lives matter. Some lives matter. Some lives matter more than others, and some don't. Some don't matter, and there she's literally getting pummeled on Twitter. By the Black Lives Matter people. For some reason, I guess, only Black Lives Matter. And that's all you're supposed to say. You're only supposed to say that Black Lives Matter because Whitey doesn't matter. Thank, Hispanics thank you. don't matter. Thank you. Asians don't thank matter. Thank you. 
Finally, Native Americans oh, don't matter. Definitely, they don't matter. The unborn children don't oh, matter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's even stupid to bring uh, up. That's dumb to bring up. That's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> well, get a maroon. Mm. Don't even mention it. <laughs> can we also focus for a moment here, Pat, mm-hmm. on how awful, awful? Hillary Clinton is? Oh, yeah, we can. Because I was about bad. to get there, because she is atrocious. Uh, seriously. I mean, you just she's a robot. We used to talk about Al yeah. Gore being a robot. She's like a pissed off robot, yeah. too. She she's sounds not, mad. She's not good. No. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, with the Republican field, is eventually this gets whittled down to, you know, three candidates and, you know, they're having debates and everything. When people start focusing on Hillary Clinton, she is going to have a really rough road because she yes. sucks. Yeah, uh, she's plainly, bad. she's just bad. She's not good at this game. And, uh, right. you know, I don't know. Can she make it through? She'll probably beat Bernie Sanders, sure. Although that's not even completely certain anymore. I mean, Sanders is doing pretty well in Vermont. People are loving the guy. They're loving it. So funny. He's honest. I mean, we think about it. Think about it from our perspective. If you had a a Republican who stood up and, you know, like Ted Cruz and says, you know what? Screw it. I actually believe in conservative values or I actually believe in uh, libertarian values. You say, you know what? I want that guy. I don't care if he is maybe the the most easily winnable candidate. I want that guy. That's Mm -hmm. how the Democrats are going through right Mm -hmm. now. You know, to you know, they want someone not who's going to say that they're uh, mainstream or quote Ronald Reagan and then you know act liberal. They want someone who's just come out and say, you know what? How about socialism's the answer, guys? It's yeah. the answer. It's better than what we have. You know, you know who Walter Williams is, right? Of He's, course, yeah. Rush uh, fill in, yeah, Rush fill in, college professor George I Mason, I think. Yeah, George Mason, mm-hmm. Mason. Uh, maybe I should walk over and play this because it's really good. I mean, he just made a statement recently uh, that Americans have contempt for our founding principles. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, we actually have a, a, a clip of Rush from yesterday making a great point on the Confederate flag. Why don't we play that yeah, as play you that walk, and over, walk over? And, right. then we'll, and we'll do this. This is Rush okay. yesterday making a... I, I can't tell if he's 100% serious here. It seems like he is. But regardless, it's just a fantastic observation about yes. the controversy uh, over the Confederate flag. Watch. I have a prediction. Look at me. I have a prediction. Just said it's not going to stop with the Confederate flag because it's not about the Confederate flag. It is about destroying the South as a political force. It's about isolating, targeting, and identifying the South as Dylan Roof, not Charleston, South Carolina, the South. That's what the leftists' effort on the Confederate flag are. Do not doubt me, folks, and I'll make another prediction to you. The next flag that will come under assault, and it will not be long, is the American flag. If you take a look at the timeline of progression of events, the speed and rapidity with which the left is conducting this assault on all of these American traditions and institutions, if you don't think the American flag's in their crosshairs down the road, you had better stop and reconsider. Yeah, I... I think that's, you know, I think he is serious about He sounds kind of serious. Once yeah, in a while, serious. Rush has a couple of good ideas. All right, well, when he says, do not doubt me, it's best <laughs> that you don't. Yeah, I know. He... Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you know, you brought up the fact that, that people love uh, Bernie Sanders' honesty. And, and, uh, and one of the Rush fill-ins, w- w- Walter uh, uh, Williams, was being really honest about the American people. And I... I think that conservatives really spo- respond to this kind of honesty, too. Here's, here's what he said about 
our contempt for our founding principles. I don't think there's much of a cause for, for optimism because if you, uh, the, I, I think because Americans uh, have contempt for the founding principles. Now, what I mean by that is that uh, I think almost everybody will believe, uh, everybody recognizes that James Madison is the acknowledged father of the United States Constitution. And so James Madison ought to know what's in it. And in 1794, uh, Congress appropriated $15,000 to help some French refugees. And James Madison stood on the floor of the House irate, and he said, and I'm quoting him, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article of the Constitution, which granted a right to Congress of expending on the objects of benevolence the money of their constituents. James Madison mm -hmm. also said, uh, charity is no part of the legislative duty of the government. Now, where the contempt comes in is that imagine that a presidential candidate today is running today, and he makes the same statements that James Madison made. The American people would run him out of town on the rail yep. they, because they have contempt for that particular idea. And and uh, when when you talk about Madison saying, well, uh, Congress does can't spend money on the uh, you know on the objects of benevolence. If you look at the federal budget, two thirds to three quarters of it is for the objects of benevolence. That is, you Jeez. can describe two thirds to three quarters of the federal government as follows. That is where Congress takes the earnings of one American and gives them to some other American. And his point is is a great one. If a candidate. I think we would respond to a candidate who fought for the founding principles like this, mm -hmm. but most Americans would be like, what do you mean you, the government can't do charity? What do you mean you can't take from me and, and give to them? Of course you can. Well, no, you can't. Constitution-wise, you can't do that. And the founder, the father of the Constitution said you can't do that. That the, the charity has no place in the legislature of this government. No place. So there's there's no charity that the government is supposed to do. Zero. That's amazing. Now, we've gone so far the other way now that government is perceived as the charitable giver, right? I mean, not your, not your family, not your church, uh, not your friends. You turn first to the government if you're struggling and that's that's the way people now think it's supposed to be so yeah. we have turned on our founding principles uh, he's completely right there uh, and you look at the way just we react to those uh, principles you look at now we we hear constantly we deserve these things these are things we have to do we have to uh, take money from the rich and give to the poor like Robin Hood because we need to equal the playing field income inequality is listed not as a potential uh, side effect of an issue but as an issue itself the fact that people don't have the same amount of money is a problem in this country now we know back in the day of course this is what james madison you know uh talked about um as walter williams covered there but look what happened in the middle when we started growing these giant programs the government had to go to the people and at least convince them that social security 
Medicare. These were things you paid into. It was your money coming back. Mm -hmm. The American people at least had to be lied to to convince them that it was their money and they were getting the money back. Of course, everyone gets more money. Almost everyone gets more money than they put in anyway. But that was the thought. You had to go to people and say, look, we are going to help you because, you know, everyone has trouble savings and, you know, widows die. And there's all these situations that you, uh, you know, husbands die and create widows. And there's all these situations you have to cover. So what we're going to do is it's a it's a we're helping you save, essentially, is how Social Security gets pitched. It's insurance for terrible events. It's your money, though, coming back to you. Now it's the exact opposite. They don't have to pitch that anymore. It's just those people over there with their nice things, they shouldn't have those nice things. You should have those nice things. They're yours. They don't deserve them. You do. That is a different approach than what we used to swallow. We've gone from the James Madison to the FDR to now something totally different. And it, it, he's right. It's contempt. It is. God, the, the progressives have totally, have totally changed the course of this country. And, and all of us accept it now. We accept the... Uh, you know, the Social Security stuff, the Medicaid, Medicare, all of that kind of thing that was not the original intent, that was not supposed to happen. Uh, if you ran into trouble, there was no government safety net. There wasn't supposed to be one. There was, there's a family safety net. There's, you know, your church safety net. There's other safety nets available if you really need it. Uh, but, but if you really need a hand up, not a hand out, but there was no government uh, uh, safety net for people who, who were struggling. There wasn't supposed to be. And it wasn't in, it's, take a look, it's not in the Constitution. James Madison did not put it there, neither did anybody else. So uh, it, we've come a long way, baby, to get where we got to today. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. This is really a fascinating story. Um, you know, with, in light of the Confederate flag, <clears throat> being taken down in in South Carolina, there's actually a place where the Confederacy still lives in the South, uh, but it's south of our South. It's in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know this story. I I've just you know fairly recently uh, stumbled upon it. But Brazil, South Carolina. Is uh, that what you're talking about? Uh, <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. Uh, when the Confederacy lost the Civil War. May uh, 1865, 10,000 Southerners fled the United States for a small city in Brazil. That's in amazing. Brazil. That's amazing. It is. So they went all the way to South America, and they wanted to rebuild their lives and keep slavery going, which they did. Is that beautiful or what? Mm -hmm. And the Brazilian government encouraged it, by the way, and it, to the point that they were actually advertising in the United States for people from the Confederacy that wanted to keep slaves to come on down there, mm -hmm. uh, largely because they weren't exactly good at farming, and right. the Confederates, uh, with their slaves, were pretty good at it. So it helped them develop their industry quite a bit. Yeah. Um, American know-how. You know, <laughs> kind of what it was. You know? Uh, so deep in the heart of the, uh, Brazil, 150 years later, descendants of these Confederate expatriates gather annually to celebrate their uh, controversial history and maintain their traditions and culture. So every year, the small Brazilian city of Americana throws a huge celebration to commemorate the 10,000 Confederates who came down and started the, this town. The Brazilian government set up informational agencies across the Bible Belt and offered to pay relocation costs for all Americans willing to make the move. Hmm. That's, that's how much they wanted them. Yeah, yeah, they really did. That's amazing. 
So they started slavery, um, but today the descendants look upon the Confederate flag not as an emblem of racism and slavery, but a symbol of something their ancestors held dear. But they don't still practice slavery there, do they? No. Um, the, uh, the story was actually, uh, I think we talked about it on the show. Didn't we talk about this a couple weeks ago? But it was Maybe. Vice uh, ran a story about this a couple weeks ago. And it was interesting because they talked about how the Brazilian economy modernized largely because of slavery after other countries had eliminated it. Um, they continued with it for a while. And they learned all these you know, ways of modernizing uh, agriculture and such. Um, and so... It, 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 be, it became very important to the country. Mm-hmm. Eventually, of course, you know, down the road, they did, of course, outlaw it, but couldn't enforce it. They couldn't stop people from doing it. It just continued for a long period of time to the point that they make in the article was that it is actually pretty much still going on today, just not legally. Um, and it's happening more in urban areas than it is in rural areas. They've largely you know, been able to remove it from uh, 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 you know, uh, rural areas, but in the yeah. urban areas, they have they constantly are busting up factories with slaves, hundreds of them inside. Uh, you know, major cities. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's an amazing story that's really been erased from history. Nobody knows about it, uh, but you, you know about it. <laughs> yes, and, and, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, it's a, it's kind of interesting though. Uh, so should they be banning the Confederate flag now? I mean, I assume they're going to. Yes, they should. Will Walmart yes, should. sell flags to them? Uh, no. I, I I hope no, not. No, they will. Not. I hope not. No, they will. By the way, Amazon. Well, you're talking about Amazon. Amazon also bailed on the Confederate flag. Thing. Oh, they did. Now eBay oh, wow. as well. eBay sells Nazi coins. They will. You can buy a literal coin from Nazi Germany on eBay whenever you want, but you can't buy a Confederate flag. Oh, that is. That is that's asinine. Amazing. That's asinine. And uh, the company that owns the rights to uh, the Dukes of Hazard <clears throat> apparently is now not allowing yeah, licensing. Yeah, on the little on the little matchbox cars yeah. and all their sales and they, stuff. They're, they're not, not putting put it. it. On there. I, I don't know if they're not putting it on there anymore. They're not allowing it to be licensed. I can't remember exactly what the, the they had some weird logic in there. Uh, but I mean, it's so hilarious. It's like forget. The, like you take this tragic, awful event where people come together and it's like that's the story, right? That should be the story. Mm-hmm. It turns into whether we should have flags and yeah. and an amazingly within less than a week, half the country changes their mind when the flag had nothing to do with this case outside of this kid took a picture with it. Well, the flag made him do it. Other than that. Oh, no, it's not it. true. The flag made him do that. Right, Jeffy? Flag made him. The biggest flag store in <laughs> Dallas, uh, the owner, Denise Lucas, was quoted as saying, uh, we're still going to sell the flag, uh, the uh, Confederate flag, and uh, we don't support that flag. We would never support that flag. It's offensive. But if you deny that history existed, it could be used against you. So we're still selling the flag. I mean, you know, and no one yet is at least saying privately you can't uh, use it. But I, I would not be surprised if that's soon. And by it's the, on way, the way, can you buy the can you buy the flag patch? The other flip, the, like the Rhodesia flag. Can you buy the South oh, African yeah. apartheid I, era flag? Which he was actually wearing. His, yeah, which he was actually wearing on his shirt. Yeah. I, I I would not be surprised to find that on eBay. We should at least should look today. See if mm. there uh, anyone's got a Rhodesia yeah. flag on there. I'll tell you something. <laughs> All this craziness. It is time to be prepared. It's time, okay? If you're not prepared up until this point, if you were doing this, the uh, formerly uh, stew 
route of preparation, which included soy sauce and I think duck uh, sauce. Duck sauce. Some duck sauce in there. Uh, the packets, they, they stay for a long time. Yeah, they do. They stay pretty good. Mm -hmm. If you want to exist on that for three days, go ahead. Or you could try this. You could get a 72-hour kit. That's three days of food for $10, and that includes shipping. So right now, My Patriot Supply will, will send you three days' worth of food. It's a 72-hour kit. You get, you get enough food for you, and then, you know, you can get your family of four. You can do $40 worth of food for a family of four, and you can be set for at least three days, come what may. So call them right now at 800-274-3040. It's really good food, too. And preparation's a big, obviously an important part of the package, but the other part of it is uh, the food's actually good. This is yeah. a Liberty Bell potato cheddar soup. I uh, get some, what is this, creamy stroganoff. It's actual real food. You're not eating like, here is fiber bar. It's something mm -hmm. that your family is going to enjoy if you have to use it, which is great. <laughs> Give them a call, 800-274-3040. It's My Patriot Supply. They have all of your preparedness needs. My Patriot Supply, it's not just food, it's freedom. 800-274-3040. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip, broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only eight ninety-five a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest-growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free, and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this, and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. I just found out I'm black. <laughs> Yeah. Really? I got a call during the break. Oh, yeah. Your life matters. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. I, yeah. I was told by my doctor I am a uh, black person in a white body screaming to get out. So, I mean, you could. I, a lot of people suspected. I think all along. Um. You know, based based on uh, <laughs> on how how. My style is, my style. vocabulary, the way I dance, the way I, I move, mm. my very essence, my culture, if you will. Mm. No. Really, the culture of Pat screams <laughs> black man, right? But uh, it's nice, so it's nice to finally have it, have it out there. <laughs> I think that should be the title of one of the podcast segments today. Uh, you yeah, what is it? The culture, the of, culture Pat of Pat screams black screams man. Black man. <laughs> uh, how could it not? I think that's what everyone how sees. How could it not? Yeah. I mean, everybody sees it. And so. now we now know. It was nice to have confirmed. it confirmed. Now, when you mm -hmm. say doctor, mm -hmm. you don't mean like of medicine. <laughs> no, I mean, he's a, he's a doctor of love. Oh, and <laughs> doctor of love? <laughs> he's a doctor of love. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and here's a woman who just found out she, too, is, uh, she found out the opposite, actually. She found out she's white. She thought she was black. Turns out she's white. Um, Verta Bird. <laughs> I like that name. Verta Bird has told people uh, she's black her whole life. 
But this isn't the Rachel uh, Dolezal story. She's from Converse, Texas. She was born Jeanette Beagle in September of 1942 into a family of 10. When her dad walked out on her family, her mom was severely injured in a fall, so the kids were taken from the home. And she was adopted by Ray and Edwini, Edwina Wagner, a financial secure, uh, financially secure black family in Newton, Texas. She grew up an only child. Uh, married twice, had a daughter. Did she not know she was in 2000? Oh, she did know. In 2013, she decided to start looking for information about her biological parents. And it was then, at the age of 70, she found out she had white parents. I mean, does she... Why would you assume... I don't know. Maybe maybe you can make it out that she is black. I guess. I think so. I, maybe I, I could totally. I yeah. Could, yeah. That it just shows how, how freaking stupid these racial divides are. Yeah. It's it, like you it, can, it I, I'm looking at her right now, and honestly, I could go either way. If you were to tell you me, she, go if you were to tell me the really story could. the exact yeah. opposite way, and yeah. she was holding up a picture of her biological family who was black, I would have believed you. Like yeah. I, it's like these are not actual lines. And, uh, you know, this is why the nonsense of, you know, black lives matter as opposed to all lives matter is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Of course, all lives matter. That, but that includes black people. It includes white people. It includes everybody. That's what we I mean, which one's closer to what Martin Luther King really wanted? Is it, is it all lives matter or black lives matter? He wasn't well, arguing that only black people matter. No, right. That was not what right. Martin Luther King was arguing. Mm-hmm. Yet that is the way it's spun today. It's, a, it's an interesting story to highlight that, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, as I believe really uh, I covered earlier, Dr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who also, by the uh-huh. way, was the doctor who called you and told you you were black. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, informed <laughs> us that race is not, uh, is, does not exist. It's an artificial construct. It's an we artificial found that construct. Out. Uh, we found that out. It's not out. scientific, has no basis, just a collection of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Dr. Abdul-Jabbar noted, um, you know, we now all follow that. Well, you know he's so smart because he's really tall. Right, and, and uh, people don't realize that, that don't as realize. you get taller, what actually extends is the brain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, because it has to get signals to a much larger portion of the body. Mm-hmm. So imagine what how big Jeffy's brain is under that theory. Uh, hmm. Well, he's not that tall, so he just right, well, when you grow out the ha- other way, oh, it, okay. that it doesn't apply. That just squeezes out the brain. Yes, okay, <laughs> to the size of about a peanut. Oh no, oh, Jeffy's boy. pulling out. Oh, the Jeffy's Jeffy's pulling out the. Yeah, I don't know. I've got you got a hashtag, Jeffy? I've got my own hashtags. Too far? Uh, can we get a close-up of the uh, hashtag? Hashtag Fat Lives Matter. It's my new hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop it. We matter, too. Hmm. No, that's, that's not true. That's powerful. I mean, I do believe Fat Lives Matter. I just don't believe yours. Your not yours. Not yours. Yeah, fat right. Life matters. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> So horrible. All right. FBI files obtained by Judicial Watch reveal that uh, Valerie Jarrett, you know, she is the close confidant. He's called her like a sister. She's so close to him. Um, Her dad, her maternal grandpa, and her father-in-law are all communists. And they were all under investigation by the U.S. government. Hardcore communists is the way they're described. Jarrett's dad, a pathologist, geneticist named uh, Dr. James Bowman, he had extensive ties to communist associations and people and a lengthy FBI file to prove it. Uh, in 1950, he was in communication with a paid Soviet agent named Alfred Stern. But come on, who among us has not been in contact 
with paid Soviet agents. I mean, if I had a dollar mm. for each and every Soviet agent that I've been in contact with, now did you know? I wouldn't that, have a dollar. Did you know that they were paid Soviet agents when you were meeting with them? Mm. Because I found out afterwards. Did you like, care, Are you though? Are kidding me? Really? Yeah. Okay. So you did care when you found well, out. I didn't Stu, did you, did you care when you found out about your you paid know, Soviet agent? Not really. You know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, so you're taking these secrets back to the Kremlin. So what? Right. You know, that's kind of how I reacted about it. Right. What's the, what's the big whoop? Exactly. You know, that's how I went. The Jarrett family communist ties also include a business partnership between Jarrett's maternal grandpa, Robert Ronchin Taylor, and Stern, the Soviet agent associated with her dad, and then her father-in-law, Vernon Jarrett, also another big-time Chicago communist. Um, he, for a period of time, appeared on the FBI's security index and was considered a potential communist saboteur who was to be arrested in the event of a conflict with the Soviet Union. His FBI file reveals that he was assigned to write propaganda for Communist Party front groups in Chicago, and they would disseminate the Communist Party line among the middle class. Is there anyone Holy in this audience cow, that's that surprised unbelievable. by that information? Well, not if they've been listening to us for more than hmm. a couple of years, because we gave most of this information out before, but nobody believed it at the time. They're all like, oh, come on, you guys are conspiracy theorists. Everybody's a communist. Okay, all right, Joseph McCarthy. But... but what are you supposed to say when they are associating and are communists? And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, she's a communist Soviet supporter today, but what it, it does mean, first of all... some insight into yeah, her background, you, right. and like, just you know, as the president's communist ties to. And some people would see that as they grew up and mm -hmm. realize how awful it was and reject it. I give you David Horowitz as an example of that. Correct. Here's a situation where the opposite has happened, where uh, instead of rejecting it, there's been a friendly embrace of the general principle of larger government. Now, that doesn't mean that she's mm -hmm. talking about, uh, you know, she's not out there publicly advocating for government control of all industry. But what she is doing is embracing larger and larger government, moving towards what eventually at the end of that road is communism. I mean, you might say, I want to get off an exit, you know, mm -hmm. five exits earlier. Bernie Sanders wants to get off at the, at the Norway exit. And that might be where she says she wants to get off as well. But if you grow up and everyone around you is a communist and you mm -hmm. realize that that is not something that you want, you'd think you'd reject that. You'd think that you'd say, holy crap, quite, that is not something publicly. that I would want. Publicly, you'd, yeah. you'd fight against it. Instead, yeah. she embraces large swaths of the philosophy. And you wonder you know, how that happens. Uh, it's interesting, too, by the way. Uh, this is, um, we talked about it a few weeks ago, how Russian um, agencies were going after websites in the United States, uh, posting comments. Yeah, the, like the, the agency. Comments. Yeah, it was called the agency, yeah. right. And, and they, even on the Blaze, actually listed in the article was they were posting in the comment sections of the Blaze to try mm -hmm. to influence Blaze readers uh, to like Russia more, apparently. Um, there's an update to that story. Um, and it's pretty fascinating. It's in, uh, in, in Politico as well, in that they are, the Russian government is actively trying to seed secession movements. Yeah. In, in the United States, and they're reporting back to Russia and in and, 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 uh, their areas that 
places like Texas are really close to seceding and all these movements are really gaining steam and it could happen at any moment because they want to convince their people that the Crimea thing is completely okay. So they're saying like, look, this is happening everywhere. People are, you know, the secession is natural and it happens all the time. These, the, the Americans are criticizing him for us for it. But look, it's happening there too. Texas is going to secede and they're doing the same types of things like planting comments and trying to manipulate people into mm. believing these things, including their own people, which is kind of a fascinating update. I mean, this yeah, stuff continues to go on from these people. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Does your fat life have to matter? That's the only question I have when it comes to your hashtag. Uh, I should put all. You're right. But yes, fat lives matter. I would say so. all. Most fat lives matter, but not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Global warming. I mean, how, how many times do we have to warn you about this? Stu, how long have we been on the global warming situation? Pat, you and I mm -hmm. first predicted uh, that global warming was going to be this big of an issue uh, in mm -hmm. the summer of 1775. That's a long time. That's a long time. And this is one of the main, people don't realize, one mm -hmm. of the big reasons. Uh, and the thing is, mm -hmm. when you think of it, <laughs> having been the summer of 1775, mm -hmm. we actually went through a little ice age. Mm -hmm before we got to the warming that we warned about. <laughs> that's, one, that's one of the reasons. We knew things could change quickly. Oh, but the and, flack we took no, we during the late 1700s. Oh, uh -huh. And we said, hey, you know what we need is independence <laughs> from this g uh, carbon uh, yeah. spewing Britain. Thank you. And Thank that's you. how we started the revolution. Yes. Exactly. But that's, uh, that's old news. That's so, another uh, story yeah. to get into another day. Well, now <laughs> Britain faces... Freezing winters oh, no. as a slump in solar activity threatens a l another little ice age. <laughs> we get this story once a week. I mean, how many little ice ages have been predicted lately because <laughs> of cooling temperatures? Many of them. Many. Mm -hmm. Climate experts warn the amount of light and warmth released by the sun is nosediving to levels not seen for centuries. Wow since we first warned about it in the 1700s. Right, that's, that's the centuries they're talking about. They fear a repeat of the so-called modern minimum, which triggered Arctic winter whiteouts and led to the River Thames freezing 300 years ago. You used to go ice skating on that. Yeah, uh, Pat yeah, yeah. We did back that. in the day. We actually used to do synchronized swimming as well. When we go back to the mother country, we, we did that, yeah. In fact, we invented synchronized swimming. A lot of people don't know that. We, we did, did it right there in the mm -hmm. Thames. And we killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> the Met Office-led study warns, although the effect will be offset by the recent global warming, uh, Britain faces years of unusually cold winters. This is just how do they continue to say the climate chaos, global warming, we're going to burn up stuff still exists when you get all of this you got all this conflicting information, and yet they stick to it. Well, I might offset the global warming we're having a little bit, but you're going to have these unusually cold winters in Britain, and it's going to maybe freeze all over the place. It's return to the grand solar minimum, affecting Europe and uh, U.S. winters. I, I mean, I mean, how often do you have to see this? Reduced solar activity will lead to an overall cooling of the Earth of 0.1 Celsius. So... Is that about a degree Fahrenheit, maybe? I mean, even that's not no, it's catastrophic. Not it's only like uh, 0.2 degrees 
Fair. Is that all it would yeah, be? Yeah. One. Yeah. It's not even. It's not even close. Um, but that's the thing. Is like you've got a a, a situation where, you know, what 0.8 degrees? That's 12 percent of the warming over the last century. They're saying is now going to go away because of solar activity. Mm. Um, and again, mm. add in the margin of error, you're probably about 25 percent uh, of of the entire uh, warming that could potentially go away. Another thing they have not predicted, another thing they didn't see coming, another thing that's surprising them, another thing that was unforeseen. How many times do we have to go through this little, this little dance? Over and over and over. It's just, I'm, you know, it's, I'm tired of it. Uh, me too. I mean, we were told that it would be 200 degrees warmer right now had it not been for the ocean sucking up some of that heat. Mm-hmm. Which is, by well, the way, how, how the Earth operates, so it's <laughs> yes, not surprising. So you didn't know that, apparently, what, before what you made on. the prediction? Yeah, because yeah, the, the uh, ocean will do that. And it, it does that. And like, what if, what, if, what if the whole Earth was made out of the uh, vinyl in a black car? Oh, then man, it would, would it get hot then? 7 billion degrees warmer. Let it's me, not, though. Let me, let me ask you this. What if the Earth was made of cheese instead of the moon? Well, then it would melt. And then you'd, it'd melt, right? Cause mm-hmm. it, and then you'd have a giant fondue. Oh, my gosh, that would be good. <laughs> this I'm sounds kind of in, good. Favor okay, of I'm in favor of that. Where's the fondue? <laughs> <laughs> we can't call America a melting pot. We found out from UC Berkeley yesterday, but maybe we can call the whole planet a melting pot of cheese. This is interesting because usually <laughs> advertisers would come on and request attention like this, like the melting pots had the last couple of days. Um, you know, you, oh, you purchase that, right? I, yeah. I love, love that place. Here's the thing. What if we kind of flip the model mm. on its head? I'm just throwing this out there. You know, mm. look, if we're going to act like our government and we can maybe implement this to our own business, what if we were to pay for them to advertise on the show <laughs> so that we could get food? Yes! Right? We use Glenn's done. money done to pay for them done. to appear as advertisers, and then they bring us the free food. The last done thing you said is done. perfect. Mm-hmm. Free food? Free food. Okay. Glenn's money. From the melting food. pot. Here. Yes. Yeah. Where's the Glenn money free food for our free... <laughs> Where's the fondue? For those who are not familiar with the melting pot, it's a place, it's a fondue place. How many, pl- how many melting pots are there? Are they all across the country? I think they're, you know, I know they're in Utah, they're in Texas, they're in... Uh, they're in Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvania. sure. Uh, they're great. So that's just about everywhere, right? Those three states comprise, like, 98% of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. I mean, I'm I'm just estimating there, but I think that's pretty close. Yeah, 126 restaurants. Uh, oh, see, that's a lot. Yes, uh, 126. Yep. I don't know that. There's wow. One in Canada, okay. uh, and 126 in the United States. There okay. are three in Mexico City. There is one in Indonesia, and there are five in Saudi Arabia. Hmm. There's also hmm. Um, hmm. several in hmm. the. Dallas Fort Worth area, which oh, really? leads me to the question: Why don't we have melting pot food here right now? Like, where is the fondue? Look, if you can't, I don't know if you can get a shot of the studio. We're, we're here, and Jeffy, we're Je- behind Jeffy is a bunch of open space, then the radio studio, kind of in the distance. I mean, the middle is a perfect place for a fondue stand. Look at that. I mean, if you kind of look at, see, there's Jeffy. Look at that. And you're kind of like arcing mm-hmm. around here, right? And then you look back towards the radio studio. You've got a lot of dead space there. Between a lot. That. I mean, a that, lot. what you're looking you at there. You could easily put oh. in a fondue station right there. Oh, yeah, right, right there! <laughs> right there! And Down like, goes Frasia! Here's the thing. This is how I'm envisioning it. Like, you, we get up from the radio studio, walk over here for Pat and Stu. Mm-hmm. As we're walking over, we've got a bunch of pieces of bread on forks, and we just kind of run it through the cheese fondue. <laughs> 
Like the cheese waterfall. <laughs> like a cheese waterfall. Right. Or, you know, the chocolate waterfall, whatever. Right. And we're over here and we just eat the cheesy bread I and, love the and way stuff you're thinking. during I mean, the worst show. case scenario, if we couldn't get anything built in the open area right off the bat, we could just borrow Dana's desk. They yeah. can set it up on Dana's desk. Show Dana's desk yeah, real quick. That's, there's in plenty the of space for oh, that. Yeah. While, we're, while we're waiting for construction to end. Right. Yeah, you right. could easily do that. So I mean, we could get it started right now. We don't have to wait. Right. My say. impression is, isn't Dana on vacation this week? Yes. So, I mean, I, she's not going to care if we put a melting pot set I, up on all, Why would she To be she honest care? with you, I almost not even here. don't care if she cares. The melting pots can go there. That's a darn good point, Jerry. <laughs> All right. He's sitting there just like cheese residue all over her glass desk because she's doing the show. Eh, you know. I don't know what happened. You I get mean, used to it, right? None of us were in here. Well, you get used to it. Jeffy's got friggin' crumbs all over the table all the time. We, get, we got used to it. We hey. do the show. We get through it. More Pat and Stu coming up. <laughs> oh, Where's the fondue? We've been talking about it for five minutes. Where is it? I really want Dalton Pot. Oh, my God. Where do I get it? Do they deliver? I doubt it. That would be they deliver. very deliverable. They used to bring deliver it to the Arlington. station all the time. Bring it from Arlington. I'm ready. Come on. Addison. Is that the closest one? I would think, yeah. That's the only one I know about. No. In the BFW. Uh, yep. No, that's the closer one. No, Is it? Closer one. Yeah, Addison's got to be close. I, I love how they're making these excuses now for the lack of global, global warming because we've been in this pause, according to satellites, for 17 years, going on 18 now, and according to surface temperatures for 10. Okay, so at least 10 years of no global warming whatsoever, and maybe as much as 18 years. And by uh, the way, which one do you think is more accurate? Do uh, you think the oh, satellite measure is more accurate or the surface stations, which they have to adjust for new uh, development, which are near cities now where they right. used to be in fields, which are not nearly as accurate as obviously a satellite measure would be. But let's just all, we'll all fakey-fake and act as if that's the more accurate one, uh, even though we all know the opposite is true. Right. However... Uh, We're willing to even give them yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll give you ten, oh, it's we, only 10 years. We bring up the surface temperature possibility all the time. But they continue to make these ex excuses. We just told you about the freezing winters in uh, Britain and the U.S. that are supposedly coming our way. Well, now they're saying that because of that, okay, because of the slump in solar activity and the cooler sun, global warming in northern Europe and eastern U.S. could be partially offset in future because the sun is entering this weaker cycle. So they're, they're making excuses for their predictions again. So because they're wrong, every single time that they want to keep this scam, this hoax, going, they continually make these excuses. Well, it was a pause. It was unforeseen because uh, we didn't foresee that the fact that the ocean was going to gobble up 200 degrees of that warming. Well, this time it looks like the sun might have something to do with the temperature on the earth. And so it's going to be a little bit cooler. And so now we're thinking maybe that offsets the warming that the CO2 is causing. Because as we all know, CO2 is much hotter than the sun. And uh, but without the two of them working in tandem for a little while, might not be as hot as we once thought it was. It's like uh, we've developed a diet that uh, you're allowed to eat uh, unlimited Twinkies. But what we did not realize is that the Twinkies have calories. <laughs> uh, and so right That's now really what it's like it is. It's, it's like, OK, mm -hmm. well, wasn't that supposed to be part of your analysis? <clears throat> you were telling us we're supposed to spend a couple trillion dollars in global GDP over the next century minimum. 
Uh, mm -hmm. And so, okay, that's great and everything, and I appreciate that. But maybe you shouldn't act so sure until you have those things worked out. If something like, I don't know, the oceans act completely differently than you realize they did, maybe that's your fault. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you find out that, uh, hey, there's fat and cholesterol and calories and Twinkies. You can't blame the Twinkie. You're the one that screwed that up. You were supposed to have measured that before you launched the diet plan. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they, uh, they get the break on this. Every time. You know, I mean, you want to say it's just Every blatant liberalism. Mm -hmm. You want to say it's just media doesn't want to admit they're wrong. There's a hundred reasons why it's happening, but they never, ever are responsible mm -hmm. for their errors. And by the way, the Pope has entered this fray on the side of global warming. And, and we're getting, I think, maybe a glimpse into how that happened and why that's happening. Apparently, he has a big advisor uh, who is a, they're calling him a pantheist. So that is, see if it's pan, does that mean you believe in everything? Or... That's what I would say. Yeah, because he was being called an atheist in the story I read. But this is saying he's a pantheist. Um, and he's this big global warming believer, big believer in, in the earth. Um, and apparently he's most famous for predicting that the carrying capacity of the earth is below one billion people. Problematic because we're at seven billion. Is that a fact? You believe? Uh, Look around. You see more than a billion? <clears throat> not in this. No, not not in this room. Here. No. Thank you. No. That's right. Okay. Uh, but he often repeated the same claim uh, when confronted with this. He called those those who quoted him liars. But then he repeated the claim, saying, "All I said was that if we had unlimited global warming of eight degrees warming, maybe the carrying capacity of the Earth." would go down to just one billion, and then the discussion would be settled. Okay, that's all he said. That's all he said. That's all he said. Mm -hmm. uh, if the global warming goes up eight degrees, well, there's no... Who's predicting it's going up eight degrees? Is there anyone? Is Al Gore predicting uh, eight some degrees? Some of them, yeah. Some of them are will they? say that. Um, there's actually some as high as 11 degrees. Now, those are all I mean, it's just completely not disregarded it's just now not because they were to. all wrong. Right. Uh, you know, all the things we just talked about, uh, the sun changing the way, the uh, oceans are acting differently than they, re they, they, uh, they thought. All those high-end estimates have all been completely disregarded now. Um, but those were, at some points, there were predictions of up to 11 degrees. 11.4, uh, I think, was the top end for, uh, for those predictions. And, and, and that's just uh, in a slower, in a shorter time frame. I mean, they, they'll go ahead and tell you it's going to rise a million degrees if you let, give them long enough for it to rise that high. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> yeah, man. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. All, all right. right. Uh, in the meantime, we, we've, uh, I, I want to get to this uh, incredible catch that we saw yesterday, but there's, there was one that preceded it. Wait, you want to go back? Uh, uh, incredible uh, catch. I know what back. you're talking about. Let's yeah, uh, tease I, this. This is, uh, this is you know, one of the reasons I'm known as an international Canadian sports celebrity. It's Watch one of the reasons? One of the, one of the reasons. Here's, here, here it you is. You are known uh, that way because I, I, I never hear that. And it's, and it's, and it's, you never want to be oh, that guy is, that, that uh, turns into uh, a bad performance and... <laughs> Wait, go back, go back again. That's a good angle on that shot because yeah, it is. Uh, that's a better angle I think than I've seen before. Let's go. Let's play that from the top one more time. <laughs> he is okay. such an idiot. <laughs> Boom! All right, there you go. Right, and there goes, there goes. There goes. There goes. And somebody, oh, right in the field of play, mm -hmm. steals it away yes. from James Loney mm -hmm. and <laughs> makes the catch. That's it out. Uh, it's one of the most brilliant plays, obviously, in Major League Baseball history. <laughs> uh, and that's how people call it. They call it the catch, uh, you may know. Uh, although, no, a guy I, I would say maybe 
he uh, topped me last night <laughs> because might have. I don't know though that was more blatant than I remembered it. But here's another blatant one. Here, here's this. Look at that slow motion. Oh, <laughs> oh look at that! You are clearly in the field of play. <laughs> clearly. Here's the other one last night, holding his baby. Look at that. One-handed. That was a great catch, though. Holy cow. The amazing he, thing about this one, though, is this guy, and we can just show it again if you uh, He was protecting his child. First of all, he protected his child. He held his, and kept feeding the child as he did it. One-handed and impressive. But look how blatantly obvious this one is. It's right in front of the oh, glove. It's not even was... a difficult play for the guy. Uh, <laughs> you see it in slow motion here. That um, is a nice catch. Bare-handed. Boom. Mm -hmm. With a baby. <laughs> and still <laughs> holding <laughs> the bottle in the mouth of the baby. Very so, impressive. You know, That's great. And his wife is like this uh, and yeah. the catch is at least the catch happened in another country. So it's still mm -hmm. an international the catch. This one is just the U.S. Oh, yeah, this is just some U.S. Yeah. thing. I mean, some localized incident. Mine yeah. was obviously global <laughs> uh, in nature. And, you know, it made a bigger impact, obviously. Uh, you, I noticed, went the wuss way and caught it with both hands like it was a football or something and, and made this kind of cradling Well, would you look, my, this guy just sticks out his hand and sticks it. Boom. Well, if you really care about making the catch, you drop the baby and make sure you get the ball. Okay. <laughs> he did not do that. No, he did not. He did not do that. And he was getting trashed by the announcers, which they had to oh, review yeah. that play somehow. My, mine was Light really up. obvious interference, but that one they had to review. <laughs> Come on. Stu, welcome. Uh, hour number two of Pat and Stu. Uh, you know, we were talking yesterday a little bit about uh, John Gruber because it came out in email form how just how involved he was in the process of of developing Obamacare, and he was the architect of it. And and then we were told when all the nonsense came out that he had said about Obamacare and uh, the things he said about the state exchanges and all of that. Oh, he's a bit player. He's a guy who I barely even know. I've never even heard the name. He didn't even, I don't even think the guy knows English. I think he came from uh, Zimbabwe, and I, I think he just got here. I, I don't think he was even here when we were doing that. Uh, so we know that they're, they're just bald-faced liars, as always. Uh, so <clears throat> we compiled some evidence. Back in 2006, uh, Barack Obama talks about stealing ideas from John Gruber. 2006. Uh, you've already drawn some of the brightest minds from mm -hmm. uh, academia and policy circles. Uh, many of them I've stolen ideas from liberally. Uh, people ranging from Robert Gordon to Austin Goolsby, John Gruber, huh. uh, my dear friend Jim Wallace here, uh, who can talk, dear I think, uh, who can inform uh, what are sometimes dry policy debates with uh, a prophetic voice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so stole ideas from him. He liberally steals ideas mm. from the likes of John Gruber. Mm. Back in 2006, he didn't seem to struggle with the name, did he? 
Uh, Stolen nope. ideas. Well, from, I did uh, call him Gruber. Uh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Because he knew him, and he knew him well, and he knew him the entire time. And then last November, uh, here's what he said about John Gruber. At your Burma town hall a couple of days ago, you tried to inspire young leaders by saying governments need to be held accountable and be responsive to the people. I wonder how you square that with your former advisor, Ooh, good uh, Jonathan Gruber, claiming you were not transparent about the health law because, in his words, the American people, the voters, are stupid. Did you mislead Americans about the taxes, about keeping your plan, in order to get the bill passed? No, I, I did not. Uh, I, I just heard about this. You know, I, I get well briefed uh, before I come out here. Uh, th the fact that some advisor who never worked on our staff uh, expressed an opinion that uh, I completely disagree with uh, in terms of the voters is no reflection on the actual process that was run. We had a year-long debate, Ed. Debate. I mean, Ed? go back and look at your stories. <laughs> the one thing we can't say <laughs> is that we did not have a lengthy debate about health care in the United States uh. of America. No. Or that it was not adequately covered. Yeah, you just lied about it. I mean, I would just advise all it. of... Uh, uh, you did it. Every press outlet here, Even go though back we didn't want it. and pull up every clip, every story. We have. Pull up every poll and while I you're think at it. And I think it's fair to say that there mm -hmm. was not a, a provision mm -hmm. in the health care law that was right. not extensively debated. Right, you just right. lied about uh, it. And they and lied about all of them. was fully transparent. Every single one of them. Fully transparent, my ass. That's a lie. Uh, as were all the other lies that he told about Obamacare, and we've outlined him a billion times. I don't want to go into him, but um, he, he also lost those debates. He also lost that fight, and they did it anyway. It's like, okay, you lost in the, in the uh, NFC Championship. Well, I don't care. We're going to the Super Bowl anyway. We're going we're gonna to play the AFC Champion anyway. And uh, I'm just going to make sure this happens because i got a bunch of powerful friends and they're going to make sure I go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like because nobody wanted it. 34% right. of the country wanted it, and they did it anyway. Right, and the, the point about that these things were debated, and they were, uh, because conservatives found out about them, brought them up, and then you told everybody that they weren't true. Right. And now they, we found out they are true, and you're saying, well, true. we debated that before. Yeah. Well, we, we, the debate was whether it was true or not. Now, like, it is true, and the debate never happened with whether it was a good idea or not because you were lying about it the whole time. Exactly. Uh, so that's kind of a, a problem. But, I mean, you know, look, Jonathan Gruber's a very forgettable guy. Apparently. He's the type of guy that you see, <laughs> and he gives you intimate advice over and over and over again. Well, you steal ideas from him. You steal ideas then, from him, and he's in your White House uh, at times with pictures mm -hmm. with you all over the time. And then, of course, you forget about him. I don't even know who that guy is, some advisor. Right. Nancy Pelosi also had some of these interactions. Uh, this is uh, Pelosi uh, in uh, November. She, I, I don't know exactly who Jonathan Gruber is. Watch. I don't know who he is. He didn't help write our bill. And so, with all due respect to your question, you have a person who wasn't writing our bill commenting on what was going on when we were writing the bill. I don't know if you have seen Jonathan Gruber of MIT's analysis of the, uh, what the comparison is to the status quo versus what will happen in our bill. The way they lie is amazing. I mean, they, they have no compunction about it. They just don't care. They just don't care. And adjust... A, and, and, and adjust sensible society 
the, the speech you just saw from Nancy Pelosi in mm -hmm. 2014 would be the last speech she ever gave in public office. Mm -hmm. When you come out and you say, I don't know who he is, what are you talking about? And then people find audio of you praising him specifically about this bill, mm -hmm. you, you never get elected again. And she said, not only did you not know him, he didn't write the bill. Well, he was the architect of it. We know that. And he's been called that in the emails that have just come to light. And here he is saying he wrote part of the law in 2010. I'm here to tell you there's a lot of reasons to like the bill. Once again, unabashed, I helped write the federal bill as well. I was a paid consultant to the Obama administration and helped develop the technical details of the bill. So I'm, I, I, I come to you with my biases. Mm -hmm. Okay. Paid. Not only did he help write it, he was paid to help write it. Handsomely. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Tons of money. Yeah. Um, okay. How about uh, this is the one that really got the most attention. And par it's partially frustrating to me because here he is talking about um, uh, how they pu pulled the wool over the eyes of the American people to get this thing passed. And it's important to understand this, but it's become sort of like uh, Jonathan Gruber calls Americans names. And that's not what this mm -hmm. is about. Think mm -hmm. of it. Look, look, you know, as you listen to this, you're going to know the clip. But, like, listen to what he's saying around when he calls Americans stupid. Watch. What we say is if your insurance is above a certain level, a very high level, then we tax the extra above that. When taxes, we just treat it like wages. No longer the tax break. Thought it was pretty good, but it could not get through politically. And it died. What if we instead just levied a 40% tax on the insurance companies that sell these terrible, expensive Cadillacs? We said, well, that's pretty much the same thing. But why does it matter? We said, you'll see. And they were both in and that passed. Because the American voters are too stupid to understand the difference. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, this, that's the same kind of situation <clears throat> as mm -hmm. uh, Van Jones. Van Jones really got fired after he said Republicans were a-holes or something. Yeah. That, that's when all hell broke, broke loose. Not that he was a communist revolutionary who had said many more incendiary things than that uh and was you know now part of the obama administration it, that's what got you out of there right that's what people got pissed off with Gruber republicans are a-holes so right, yeah, okay great. big deal um same thing uh with van jones as well when he said i want to drop the radical pose for the radical ends i always thought that that was the most among the most mm -hmm. uh, important things we ever found on van jones which was he didn't change what he was going for. He just changed the way he was talking about it. Same thing here from Gruber. He didn't mm -hmm. change that he wanted to tax people who had good health care plans. He, they changed it to taxing the company instead of the person. Same result, same effect, same amount of money coming to them, but mm -hmm. it passed because the Americans are too stupid to know the difference. Uh, and... Again, like, I know he got beat up a lot for this, but what he's doing there is being honest. He's telling the truth about the way this administration and other uh, progressives and many Republicans as well think of you. That's how they do it. When they're not in front of you trying to get your vote, that's how they're talking about you. They're talking about you as idiots who, how can we trick them to get what we want? Mm -hmm. That's how they think of you. You're just vessels to get whatever they're going for. Um, and Gruber was, I think, pretty honest there, actually. Um, here is uh, another uh, 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 clip of him talking about deceiving the American people. The, this bill was written in a tortured way to make sure CBO did not score the mandate as taxes. If CBO scored the mandate as taxes, the bill dies. Okay? So it was written to do that. In terms of, in terms of risk-rated subsidies, if you had a law which said healthy people are going to pay in, it made explicit that healthy people pay in and sick people get money, it would not have passed. Okay, just like the people, 
transparent, lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. And, you know, it's the second best argument. Look, I wish Mark was right. We could make it all transparent. But I'd rather have this law than not. So it's kind of like his reporter story. You know, yeah, there's things I wish I could change, but I'd rather have this law than not. Uh, who cares what you would rather have do? Who are you? Who are you to decide for the stupid American people? He thinks he's smarter, and, and, and he should decide. He's the architect of the plan, a paid yeah. consultant on this plan. So a very high-level person uh, deciding yeah. that's what they want to do. And he's right, by the way. Again, if they had scored this as a tax, it would not have passed. That was the entire basis of allowing it to be constitutional. So he is admitting with the former Roberts decision, which said very specifically that it has to be – it is a tax. And they argued it was a tax. But as Gruber points out, it would have never passed if they argued that way initially. So it should not have passed initially unless they admitted it was a tax. And they somehow, only the freaking left could pull this off. They mm -hmm. somehow wound up on the right side of both of those things. Yeah, they somehow argued both issues. They First argued all, both issues and won both times. You remember the really famous Obama Stephanopoulos interview where he said it's not a tax, George. And, and, and the fact that you're going to Webster's Dictionary to define the word tax shows how desperate you are. Because who would use a dictionary in this day and age? I mean, you find out the meaning of words in a dictionary that's so obscure. Who would do that? Mm. I mean, uh, so then he sends his, his uh, law, lawyers to the Supreme Court to argue it is a tax. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah, they took both sides of the issue. And, and you're right, one on both sides of the issue. Here is the, uh, this is from Yahoo talking about the, the actual case. Um, uh, this is the one from uh, the King versus Burwell. This is the second case. The one we're supposed to either find out tomorrow, Friday, maybe Monday or Tuesday. But very soon we're going to find out the results of this one. Uh, here is a clip, for, uh, kind of an explainer, I guess, on what, what the deal is with that. And the people who wrote this bill, now, but wrote this law, used the term... Exchanges set up by the states, even right. if they meant it would be either be an state, a state or a federal exchange, but because these states haven't recognized it or right. haven't created their own, mm -hmm. the people there are now relying on federal subsidies, yeah. the Supreme Court might rule that it's all invalid. Yes, and in fact, the committee chair people who uh, wrote the law said uh, we, we absolutely intended for there to be federal exchanges <laughs> as course. a backup to the states. I, I remember pulling this clip. Uh, this is from last year. And the reason I was fascinated by it, this whole thing went on for mi multiple minutes explaining the, the case with no reference to Jonathan Gruber. His name was never brought up. Now, Jonathan Gruber, the architect of the plan, oh. admitted that is exactly what they intended. In fact, here is the clip right now of Jonathan Gruber telling you what he meant when it comes to state and, and federal subsidies. He's just kidding, though. What's important to remember politically about this is if you're a state and you don't set up an exchange, that means your citizens don't get their tax credits. But your citizens still pay the taxes that support this bill. So you're essentially saying to your citizens you're going to pay all the taxes to help all the other states in the country. I hope that that's a blatant enough political reality that states will get their act together and realize there are billions of dollars at stake here in setting up these exchanges and that they'll do it. But, you know, once again, the politics can get ugly around this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can. That is the entire case of uh, the King versus Burwell uh, thing that we're, ex we're uh, expecting here in the next few days. That is him admitting that conservatives are right. He's admitting the entire case. Mm. So will Obamacare survive its latest Supreme Court challenge? Uh, well, not if the justices are consistent. With the Obamacare ruling in King versus Burwell just a few days away, I fully expect to be bitterly disappointed by the court yet again. 
But allow me to be optimistic for just a second, looking back at these arguments. We know that Obamacare was sold specifically as if it were not a tax. There's no way it would have passed as if it was a tax, as Jonathan Gruber just told us. But Roberts, ruling in favor of Obamacare, transformed it into a tax anyway. This didn't make conservatives on the court happy. This is from the dissent. To say that the individual mandate merely imposes a tax is not to interpret the statute, but to rewrite it. The conservatives don't like rewriting past laws retroactively. Can you blame them? If Congress wanted it to be a tax, Congress had to write it as a tax. With King versus Burwell, you would think the same standard would apply. If you wanted subsidies to go to the states that use the federal exchange, you'd have to put that in the law. It's not in the law, and you'd think conservatives who agreed with the quote before would retro, not want to retroactively rewrite the law to make it so. But the conservatives are the easy part. You got those four already, you'd think. How do you get John Roberts on the board to get five votes? The argument by Obamacare defenders is essentially that Congress made an oopsie. It's a typo. Obviously, they didn't mean to restrict subsidies to those states because it wouldn't be sound policy without these subsidies. To correct this, the Supreme Court has to protect the American people from the consequences of the errors of its elected leaders. That's their argument. But in the Obamacare ruling, the initial one, Roberts specifically said the Supreme Court can't do this. Quote, we do not consider whether the act embodies sound policies. Those decisions are entrusted to our nation's elected leaders who can be thrown out of office if the people disagree with them. It is not our job to protect the people from the consequences of their political choices. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Again, I fully expect that version of John Roberts to be on a long, lengthy vacation <laughs> when this decision is announced. That's right. But until then, I will hold on to the slightest bit of hope that the rule of law actually means something. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> it is adorable, isn't it? <laughs> that's cute. Oh. That is really special. Oh, Stu, screwed. that is so adorable. How do you get out of that? I don't, if you, you don't. If you've said those things in the past. In, in, a, in a normal world, you don't get out of that. Yeah. Right? You've got to rule. How do you, how do you answer to that? How do you, how do you say, well, I, I got uh, more information. Uh, yeah, uh, this time I felt I, like we did have to protect uh, uh, the American people about because the consequences were too big. Too big. They were so and, big this and my time. My legacy, and um, I'm sleepy. I'm, I and, can't. Uh, What's the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> more patents too coming up in a sec. Yeah, it'll be a little bit longer. It probably will be longer than that. You know, I would Why did you lie? Stupid commercial. Why did you lie? You're a liar. I didn't realize that uh, in the 80s, the Soviet Union was so, I guess, insecure about their ideology, that they had to ban 38 bands from being listened to or played or heard or seen. So they, these guys could not go to the Soviet Union. Of course, I don't know that hardly anybody could. Uh, Billy Joel kind of broke that barrier, but I can't remember. I don't remember what year it was. Um, when did look up Jeffy? When Billy Joel the, went to the so Soviet yeah. Union? Back think, in the USSR or whatever. That's yeah, when he was. 
Well, he went to he went to Moscow and played there, and mm -hmm. and he was it was a big deal because no American rock band got to do that uh, or rock act, and and he kind of opened up the floodgates again. But uh, they banned all these. You know what year it was? I know, I'll just read the, the the second title. Billy Joel has a tantrum. Surprised the Soviet audience at the concert tonight. He lost his temper. That was in '87. '87. Wow. Okay, so this is 1985. Soviet Union has this list of 38 bands who can't perform because they're too ideologically dangerous to the Soviet Union. They couldn't handle, for instance, the Sex Pistols because of punk music and violence. Oh yeah, Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Oh. I don't <laughs> punk music. So punk is something that you have to avoid ideologically. Yeah. I'm not really sure why that would bring down mm -hmm. the Soviet Union. B-52s. Uh, B-52s banned for the same reason, punk and violence, as was Madness. They're the ones that did Our House. Yeah. In the middle of the street, uh, punk and violence. The Clash, yeah. punk and violence. That's the same with the Sex Pistols, The Clash. I mean, those, they just, you yeah. know, disrespect, <laughs> just anger. Me, I love it. You reminded me of Madness, and I remember when I was a kid when that song came out, and I, I loved it. I loved that song. And I, I just always thought... What it meant was they actually built the house in the, in middle, the middle of the street. street. Like it was just sitting in the street and you drive, you guys yeah. have to drive around it. I don't know. Well, that was the funny way to, you know, intro the song is our house in the middle of the street. That's going to be a traffic hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, why'd you build it there? That's kind of stupid. I, that, you do There's that. There's madness. Yeah. <laughs> 722. Good morning. It, it is madness. Issues there. It is madness to build a house in the middle of the street, isn't it? That is stupid. Yeah, madness. <laughs> I, you do that when you're a kid, though. I remember, um, remember that song "Man Eater" by uh, by Hollow Hall Notes. Notes. I was convinced it, what it meant was the Black Panther might eat people. That was in the video because there was a oh, Black yeah. Panther that walked around in the video. That. Yeah, and I was yeah. they were talking about the animal. It was a danger to people, Pat, <laughs> and it was more like a zoo warning than a song about love. You were one stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I thought, though. And I remember thinking to myself, I can see what they're why people would think. Yeah. It was about women, but it's not. It's about the panther. They had that cool panther in the video. <laughs> uh, number five, Stranglers, Punk and Violence. Kiss was banned for neo-fascism. I was interested in neo-fascism. What, what exactly is, is neo-fascism? I don't know. Uh, like earlier fascist movements, neo-fascism advocated extreme nationalism, opposed... Oh, okay. did Kiss... Wait, Kiss advocated extreme, extreme nationalism? nationalism? I, I don't think what? so. Opposed liberal individualism. Kiss opposed? Why? Because they all painted themselves similar colors? Uh, I don't know what that meant. They didn't. Attacked Marxist and other left-wing ideologies. Okay, I like that. But did they? But did, did they? Kiss? I don't know. I uh, don't know. Natasha would know this probably. Is that true? Did, did Kiss attack Marxist ideologies? Well, let's see. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Is that a huge attack on communism? <laughs> That's the song you go to like for it. Kiss, for a representative of <laughs> Kiss. Uh, indulge, indulged in racist and xenophobic scapegoating? Did Kiss do that? I don't remember I hearing don't anything. I think so. And promoted populist right-wing economic programs? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Gene Simmons you was know, a genius of that stuff. Gene Simmons genius. still is, yes, and he is. he's conservative, so maybe that's, maybe what, that's, maybe that's why. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't remember that leaking into the Kiss world, yeah, though. Like I don't, you, I don't you know find that later on Fox News interviews. You didn't know that at the time, really, did you? No, I don't I think don't so. Most of America learned it on his reality show, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Listen to why they banned Crocus, violence, and cult of strong personality. Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> what? So if you've got well, 
strong well, personalities we can that can't all, come and play in your town? Well, we can all name the members of Crocus, I think. I mean, uh, there yeah, was, well, uh, there uh, was you know, yeah, I don't even want to insult people's think, intelligence yeah, no. by going there. That guy, there was that guy. Yeah, of course, right. Yeah. Then you be, then you have to, <laughs> number Dude, eight. You're embarrassing, you're embarrassing the audience because no. everybody knows. At number eight, you have sticks for violence and vandalism. <laughs> See? They, I don't know what they vandalize. Iron Maiden for violence and religious obscuritanism. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's really important to have really uh, focused religionism in uh, the Soviet Union. Thank I you. know they were huge on on their religions, and they really didn't want anything being obscure there. They wanted it very, very focused. <laughs> Only specific Only religion. specific atheism was allowed. <laughs> uh, Judas Priest had anti-communism and racism? What kind of anti-communism did Judas Priest do? I'm <laughs> not familiar with that. ACDC for neo-fascism. Sparks, same thing. Black Sabbath, violence and religious obscuritism. Uh, is it true that... So was Ozzy Osbourne actually like a... Uh, uh, wasn't the deal was that he was supposedly Satanist or... Yeah, I think that's uh, certainly... Member. Yeah, and he was biting heads off Oz, bats. Well, he did that, but Ozzy just creepy. was high. He was just weird. He yeah, was just he, was just, he just whacked out his mind. of drugs. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you see him today, and you can't believe he looks like some old wacky grandfather with dementia. You can't yeah. imagine that That's he was That's what a lot of that. drugs do to you over the years. That's probably true. <laughs> Get you to a point you can only say spoons, for example. Exa for example. Mm -hmm. That's a, a random example. <laughs> <laughs> just off the top of your head. Mm -hmm. uh, Alice Cooper was banned. Uh, Nazareth, Scorpions, Genghis Khan. I, they, were, they were so banned. I think they were banned here, too, because I've never heard of Gen Genghis Khan. By the way, Alice Cooper, uh, again, was conservative, like, is known to be kind of a pro-business guy. And, everything. Like, it, and that wasn't listed as, as one of his criticisms. No, violence and vandalism was. Violence and vandalism. <laughs> it's a, they, didn't, they didn't nail this one. I really like this mm -hmm. one with, the, with Pink Floyd. Uh, in 1983, they said Pink Floyd was banned because of the distortion of Soviet foreign policy. Mm. Uh, did they sing about Soviet aggression in Afghanistan? Probably because that was just so huge. I mean, everybody that was yeah, huge. Oh. There were songs about Soviet aggression. The rock bands love to sing about the Soviet yeah. aggression oh my in gosh. Afghanistan. A lot of them uh, also like to sing about uh, about the aggression in Grenada. Which uh, I know they did. Why would and, you go there? You know, thank you. We haven't why been there in a while. Why that's why. <laughs> Jeffy, by the way, if you don't know, served in Grenada. Uh, pancakes in his mind. Uh, yeah. Um, talking heads. I mean, does it mention? <laughs> I'll have to check the bottom of the list now. If it mentions the bands that were singing about Urgent Fury. No. Yeah. <laughs> Urgent Fury. Operation Urgent Fury. I mean, it's. I mean, mm. now you're bringing it. It's all. It's all flooding back to me, Stu. Mm. I don't like the. Okay, I'm sorry. I love the fact that the talking heads were banned for the myth of the Soviet military threat because there was no Soviet military no, threat. No, it was all a myth. A lot of nuclear weapons and te tested the largest nuclear weapon that ever was produced. Uh, yeah, and the most. They had like 50,000 at one point, 50,000 nukes, but there was no threat there. No threat. I mean, that was all. Both of those Pink Floyd and talking those heads. Those were friendly the military nukes. Stuff, yeah. And by yeah. the way, if anything, I would think the talking heads were probably on their side. I know. That's what <laughs> I, I mean. David Byrne is not I a conservative. No. Uh, Donna Summer was banned for eroticism. Tina Turner for sex. Junior English for sex. Canned Heat because of homosexuality. Were, were any of the members of Canned Heat homosexual? They promoted it. That's what Canned uh, Heat means. Okay. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. The I Ramones were banned simply because of punk. Uh, Van Halen, anti-Soviet propaganda, which I'm not familiar with. 
Julio Iglesias, because he sucks. That's whoa, why he was whoa, bad. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. <laughs> actually cite Neil fascism. Julio Iglesias sucks? Yes, oh my gosh. Are, are you serious? He sings like an angel. Julio Iglesias. Uh, move on. Sucks. Move on. Then they banned uh, Yazoo, Depeche Mode, Village People. Now there you could say homosexuality, but that's not why they banned them. They banned them because of violence. Yeah. Uh, 10CC for neo-fascism. <laughs> 10CC? Uh, they did two songs uh, anybody knows. I'm Not In Love. And great the, song. And The Things We Do For Love. They're both another, great. Another classic. None of them are neo-fascist. Uh, the Stooges, the, the Boys, and Blondie. Uh, all banned. So um, eh, kind of an insecure society that can't handle oh, the yeah. ideology of Yazoo. Uh, come, they, so if you're looking for them in Moscow, don't. No, I think you can now. Can now you? Can you can think, now 10cc no, no, can play. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Talking heads. Wow. They can all play now. All right. It's a free society now, Pat. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's in charge. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. Julio Iglesias sucks. Are you kidding me? He's such an angel. Oh, shut up. He's bad. Not even you could believe He's that. Great. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm not listening to it because you can't be serious. Oh, cannot be serious. He's saying, still all the girls I loved before. Love the girls I loved before. <laughs> <laughs> France? We need to nuke France. That's my that's my new thing. No wonder we, we spy need to on nuke them. France. Yeah, we spy on them. They should be spied on. Yeah. Okay? Why? Because they're they're, they're French. skanky, sneaky. They're trying to ban Nutella. That's wrong. Mm. I, I can't have it. I won't stand for it. We need to nuke France. Are you telling me that first of all on the spy thing, and then we'll get to the Nutella deal. <laughs> On the spy thing, every country spies on every country. This yeah. whole, you don't spy on allies. Of course you do. Yeah, of course I mean, you do. Forever we have spied on Britain. Britain spies on us. We spy on France. They spy on us. I mean, if they had the capability, they could. Yeah, you try to. If they had to. anybody smart enough or brave enough, they could do it. But, I mean, obviously it's France. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got the Israelis spy on us mm -hmm. like crazy. We yeah. spy on them. I mean, it's... Yeah, look, I mean, the difference is how you use that information. Like, you know, against, mm -hmm. uh, you know, France or uh, the U.K., we probably use it in a way to help push just, A, general knowledge, B, help push certain things that we want. We know kind of what they're going for, and it helps us manipulate the situation slightly. It's an enemy. You're using it for something totally different. You might be breaking into an Iranian uh, nuclear facility and uploading viruses. But... but you still spy. The, I, I, like you do. the idea, and you this do. has been a big Snowden push. It's like, well, you don't realize it's not just Americans they're spying on; it's all everybody else. It's like, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, right. I, I Germans. Mean, I, it's not something thing. I want to admit to, and we, I don't want to necessarily be caught doing it. Right. But it's, I'm not that concerned. But about everybody it. knows the game. Everybody knows everybody else is doing it. Everybody expects it. You guard against it. You do what you can to stop it. But everybody does it. It's not just us. To, to make that out like, oh, the U.S. is spying on, on Germany and France and England. Yeah, don't kid yourself. They're doing the same thing to us. Yeah. Shut up. But then we get to the real issue here, and that is the uh, ecology minister, Ségolène Royal, who says, here's a quote from her. We should stop eating Nutella 
for example, because it's made with palm oil. Oil palms have replaced trees and therefore caused considerable damage to the environment. So, Nutella is delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay, thus, keep making it. And I'm going to keep buying it, and I'm going to keep eating it. That is, there is no better substance on earth than Nutella. Oh. You don't agree with that? Come on, Fatso, you don't agree with that? There's a there's a substance on this planet that you would turn down? I wouldn't. Oh, first of all, I would. <laughs> okay, all right. You wouldn't you turn down. You've never heard me say that. <laughs> okay, don't start putting words in my mouth. All right, I apologize. Okay. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a Nutella crepe with bananas in it? Oh. No. Oh. Yes, in fact, I think I had it with you. Didn't we go to um, uh, IHOP and get that at one point? Yes. <laughs> And it's phenomenal. It is delicious. Is there a reason? I mean, of course, since we were talking about it, Natasha's got it rolling up here, so we're going to the Nutella. Right, in the Nutella fondue section. Just come right up here. That, roll, uh, just roll it, just roll it up installed. here, Natasha. Can, can I ask a question? Because I feel like that's how I would use Nutella. Uh -huh. It's in a, maybe yeah. a crepe or in an ice cream. Is that its it designed use? I feel like it's more I'm of a, not sure. a competitor of like peanut butter. I think so. That's what I take it as. I would never put it on just bread. I, I don't know why. It's peanut I, butter. You know, I put it all over bananas, strawberries. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so it's supposed to, it's a oh. companion of fruit. I'm being told in my ear right now, Nutella and marshmallow fluff. Right. Like that it's sounds like, pretty good. Oh, I would like yeah. to go I mean, on I would do that. saying yes. anything with marshmallow fluff is good. It's true. It's fair point. It's true, except for Stu won't eat marshmallows. Why? Because he made marshmallow fluff. <laughs> <laughs> marshmallows themselves are boiled animal tendons. Boiled however, animal tendons. However, oh, they come in so. However, but however, the fluff, is, fluff not? is not. Oh, really? If I remember correctly, and it's been a while, I haven't, I haven't right. eaten much fluff, but I don't think that's actual marshmallow. That's something else. That's a collection. It's amazing of, when you find out how this stuff is actually made. Yeah. It really I, I, is kind of a turnoff. It's like Charleston Chew, for example, is yeah. not, uh, not actual marshmallow. Which I thought it was for, for a long what time. What is it? It's you know just other you Stuff? know sugary delicious things, okay. but it's not actual marshmallow. It's just marshmallow it's sort not of flavor. Animal. Although I think they actually say it's vanilla flavored, but it always reminded me of yeah. marshmallow. Okay, Charleston Chew. Just uh, letting you know. Love I mean, you know, I don't really do the Charleston Chew. Well, the Charleston Chew was the first thing that brought black and white together in Charleston. Holy people cow. don't know that, and now we see. No, not really holy important. cow. Mm -hmm. Holy city. Right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Wow. A holy cow that's in deep. the holy city. Deep. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. All right. We got some presidential kids for mental floss. Presidential kids whose antics made the news. Uh, and we start with Alice Roosevelt. Uh, Theodore once said of his daughter, uh, "Alice, I can be president of the United States, or I can attend to Alice. I cannot possibly do both." <laughs> <laughs> when her mother died from Bright's disease, the heck is Bright's disease? That's weird. Is that oh, you where you get so it, bright you explode? <laughs> um, it's a disease. You've got to have it, Jeffy. What is it? I'm not sure. We're going to find out because I very well could have it. Look it up. might be an issue I need some medication for. So when her mom died. Oh, yeah, kidney disease. I definitely have that. Is it kidney disease? Yeah, it's a, it's a classification of kidney disease. <laughs> oh, you disease. have that. Yeah. Especially if it derives from a venereal disease, then yeah. surely you have it. Yeah. Um, but after her birth in 1884, Alice was raised by her aunt until her father remarried in 86. Uh, Princess Alice, as she was nicknamed, was the party girl of her time, not to mention a uh, fashion icon, and a nonconformist. She was known to smoke in public, chew gum, and even carry her snake with her to parties. Like kind of girl. Uh, to her father's chagrin, this combination made her very popular with the masses. Uh, so in an effort to put uh, her celebrity to productive use, Roosevelt sent his daughter on the 1905 Imperial Cruise 
where she joined several Washington figures as goodwill ambassador on a jaunt around the world. Just got rid of her. Yeah. Just take a trip. Go. Take a trip around the world. At one point, she was said to have jumped fully clothed into a pool on board a ship, urging congressmen to join her. How outrageous. <laughs> she got her clothes wet. Mm. <laughs> Well, when you're dressed like that, you might be at the bottom of the pool. No, Let's see a close-up of uh, Alice there, if we could. And, yeah, and there's she, she looks pretty decent looking. She does. Alice was You know, especially bad. because uh, photos of that time made right. everybody look so, so bad. Yeah. And they never smiled in them, so they looked awful. Yeah, she was probably mm. quite handsome. Quite a handsome woman. <laughs> Patty Davis uh, was one you probably do remember. Uh, opposing do. Uh, your parents' political views, one thing. Doing so quite vocally when your father is still president is another. She sure did that. Uh, she opposed stockpiling of nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. She participated in demonstrations remember against that? her father yep. while he was president. Uh, then wrote crazy. two fictional uh, like stories about her childhood, which is strange. Yeah. yeah. Eventually posted a one that she said was true. It was probably just as fictional, uh, saying that uh, her mom popped pills, uh, slapped her daughter for any perceived misstep. Oh, she uh, she um, really trashed him. I mean, uh, you know, it was not nice. Um, she uh, still remains an active political voice, but she continues. Um, to discuss her tangled family life publicly. She lived um, with Bernie Leadon from the Eagles. Yes, yeah, she did. Which, for like uh, several years, I forget how long, but uh, Bernie Leadon was uh, one of the founding members of the Eagles, and, and she hooked up with him. That's kind of weird. Didn't she also pose for Playboy? Yes. I feel like she did, yeah. I think she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just, so, however, this I thought was interesting. She She's seems okay. to have softened on her father's memory. She no longer publicizes the memoir, and in fact, <laughs> is, isn't even listed on her website. You so know, hopefully she's abandoned that. And we have, we have a, an item in our um, uh, museum. When we, when we display the museum, one of the museum pieces is a letter from her to uh, her dad, or from her dad to her, mm. where he is begging her to come see him. And uh, he's starting to, you know, really um, uh, be ailing with the Alzheimer's. And they were estranged, of course. And so he is asking her to come see him. And, you know, remember, family is everything. And it's the only thing we have at the end. And she doesn't do it. And, in fact, she takes the letter and sells it for profit. And that's how we have it now. It's, we didn't it buy is, it from her. No, of course it's not. It's been right. sold several times sold since. Sold several times since. But really a heartbreaking, sad story. Uh, also, you have Willie and Tad Lincoln. Uh, if you've ever been in a department store and watched unsupervised kids destroying things while their parents did something else, then you understand what Willie and Tad Lincoln were. Uh, two of Abe Lincoln's sons. Um, in fact, Lincoln's law partner referred to Willie and Tad as the little devils, as chaos would inevitably ensue every time the boys were allowed in office. He killed 17 people while he was in office. <laughs> 17 people dead. 17 dead in D.C. Mm, brutal. Uh, that, that's where that song came from, uh, Willie and Tad. <laughs> really? 17 dead in D.C. You know that one? Yeah. yeah that's from them. Uh, John Payne Todd, uh, adopted child of J James Madison, uh, had a lot of problems, a big gambling problem. Uh, apparently. And it looks like he was a handsome um, man, too, mm. frankly. Uh, uh, like, kind of like Josh Groban. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he actually Groban. looks exactly like Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of <laughs> does. He does. That's a good call, Stu. Thank you. Uh, he, uh, he had a big uh, issue with uh, gambling, went into debtor's prison. 
his dad uh, was trying to cover for him. Back. We've got to bring back debtor's prison. Yeah, I know. We need to bring that back and put Jeffy in. Yeah, I disagree with I was just going <laughs> to say I wholeheartedly disagree That would be a way to story. finally get rid of it once and for be. all. Debtor's prison. All right, uh, John Payne Todd uh, wound up having such a bad gambling problem that his dad, James Madison, was uh, sending uh, was selling acreage of their land to pay his debts uh, to hide it from mom. Mm, uh, when he died, mom found out because it, the problems were so bad that he had to sell their big estate. I mean, uh, that's uh, not good. Not good. Yeah, not that's, good. that's not good. So there you that's, go. Triple eight, seven twenty-seven back. Uh, and of course, uh, there's the other story of uh, Jeffy's dad is very embarrassed of him. Triple eight, seven twenty-seven back. Is the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire thing. That's it. Yeah, it was like, oh god, now please. As soon as, you, as soon as you, you were born, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, geez, look at Not that. bad. Look at that. I believe the quote What was, is that? Yeah. <laughs> Good gosh, what is that? I think it was the exact quote. <laughs> what is that thing? Make me look really super fat today, or is it just the no? It most fat definitely is that not really makes me look fat. I'm trying to figure so that out. So is it the shirt or is it the fat? Is it the shirt or is it just the yes? Mm -hmm. It's the incredibly large size of my body mm -hmm. that fills out the shirt. Is Welcome that what it back. is? Or Welcome. <laughs> Where's the hashtag? <laughs> fat fat lives, lives matter. matter. I'm with you, Jeffy. I'm with you. And there it is. Mm -hmm. If we could. Yep, there it is. Okay. You definitely don't want to write that big enough. Hashtag so no, I don't. Fat Lives Matter. Well, for, I don't even want to start with you. Uh, you know what's kind of cool? You and I, seriously. I... Are you going to go downtown, the two of you, and uh, duke this out? <sighs> yeah, probably after. Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of cool. Lexus has apparently uh, got into the uh, uh, longboard industry. <laughs> the what? The longboard industry. You know what a longboard is, right? No. The hoverboard? Are you yeah, you know what a longboard is. Well, this is an updated, updated longboard that is now a hoverboard. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. you've never been longboarding? Oh man, you are so unhip, Jeffy. How how often have you and I got out <laughs> longboarding with our kids? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, all the time. Oh geez, all the time. Mm -hmm. We are longboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, it it gets dark. The streetlights come on. We don't care. We're still out. No, we're still we're in longboarding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Alexis is, has developed. Everybody's trying to do this. Um, Mattel tried to do it, and they tried to pull it off as, see, we did it in 2015. And the reason everybody's doing this this year is because in the movie Back to the Future, I think it was the original, right, in 85, mm -hmm. uh, Michael J. Fox rides a longboard in the year 2015. Well, we're there, but no longboard. Until now, with Lexus. Not the longboard, Okay, there is, this is a longboard. But what you're about to see is a hoverboard. And there's no such thing as impossible. Because here is your hoverboard from Lexus. Look at it, it's just floating there in the air. Just floating in the air with steam coming out both sides. He's about to get on it. And it's over. Lexus hover. Hashtag Lexus Hover. Follow the journey. So what's the story behind that? Can he really get on that and ride? 
I'm saying no. I mean, they would have showed it, right? I guess it's a teaser. It's but. a teaser. But I'm wondering if the weight of a human does smash it to the ground, right. which is my guess. But apparently there's magnets in it. And, uh, but they're... I mean, they the, hover trains with magnets. Obviously, that can happen. Over a, a over metallic magnets, right. rail That's and a the, magnet. And so, so you've got you the superconducting thing, right? right? So they're making this look like it's an actual skateboard park, right? It looks like just concrete. Mm-hmm. Well, there's metal <laughs> underneath the concrete. It's a metal surface underneath the surface. Oh, so okay. that's what's causing mm-hmm. the... So they said it really works. But not just anywhere. It has yeah. to right, but it's still, it, it really still cool. It's cool. It's cool. Here. It's cool. I like, I, I don't say yes. But would it be, you know, when they get to, I can hop on a hoverboard here and take it across the room, I then just you're onto something. You're onto something, but for what? Yeah, a a cool good. toy for kids? No, because <laughs> what kid is going to be able to ride that with our laws? I mean, yeah. everybody's so safety oh. conscious. And also, like, if you fall off a hoverboard... You're going to oh. get killed. You're going to crack your skull. And what about going up, like, a skate ramp? Like, you're, you're coming flat. Sure, you could do it there. But going up a ramp, like, the front of it's just going to go right into the ramp, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it doesn't seem practical, does it? Yeah, well, I don't care if it's like 2015 or not. It's okay. not practical. I know. I don't believe in this science stuff, you know? No. We've been gl- denying global warming, evolution, There's, gravity. There is no science. And now There's that we- no science. <laughs> These hoverboard people, they're the same people that, uh, you know, those are the same people that want you to get rid of Nutella. With them all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Speaking exactly of uh, right. delicious food, this uh, Swedish restaurant uh, is called what is believed to be the world's best pizza. It's the Vulcan pizza. Can we see it? Now, that does not look like a pizza to me. No, it does not. That's <laughs> European not pizza. The pizza. Vulcan pizza. That's some kind of European pizza. It's <laughs> just a what? bunch of stuff. About? Uh, according to that? the uh, uh, Why to is the local, it called Vulcan? Uh, the know. pizza comes with all the restaurant's topping options at once. Costs about 15 bucks. Doesn't really look like a pizza. According oh, to the photo gross. from the restaurant's own website, the new pizza looks like a big, deep star made out of dough, and each point of the star is a little cup full of cheese, sauce, and toppings. Pizza is covered in red onions, french fries, bacon, pepperoni, steak, <laughs> cucumber, <laughs> tomato, cheese sauce, something that looks like sour cream, and one spicy pepper. Okay. Uh, that's stupid. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they yeah, put hot dogs as crust. I mean, I, I like the innovation, even if no. it doesn't necessarily work out. Americans that ugly looking thing. Yeah, to Americans a actually pizza made it pizza look with hot dogs. Yeah, you can't. You can't equate that. Yeah. Stu, there's. You, don't try you. to draw false equivalencies here. Don't try to do it. We're on to you. I don't, bastard. I don't really. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Don't go there, boyfriend. Triple eight seven two seven back. Just call me. <laughs> just call me boyfriend. Uh, well, you're a boy. And, I think and a right there is proof that nothing you know I mean? screams. Uh, yeah, like a black man right there is Pat Gray. Thank you. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. That's, Pat, the Pat Gray culture is black culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I think right. We've, uh, we've come to that conclusion. That's today. why I've always said, uh, my life matters. <laughs> you have actually said that many times. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be the only thing you're concerned about. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jeffy? What else is there? What else is there? Does your life matter? Jeffy? Hashtag fat lives matter. Hashtag fat lives matter. I'm looking at Twitter, and I'm not seeing it taking off. Not trending? Mm. Not not quite. Probably will soon. Probably now after this last mention. Now to the moon. Hashtag fat lives matter. To the moon.